Hello, my beautiful spiritual coconuts. How are you guys doing today? I hope you're having a blessed week. Okay, it was a really good week for me, I guess. It was pretty chill, pretty cool. So, on today's episode of A Tribe Woman of God, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about how this all came to be. We're going to talk about the beginning, the end, <laughs> the beginning again and the end because I you know, I've had a few few um restarts, I should say. So, all in all, I grew up in the church, okay? I feel like my spiritual guidance person was my granny. She was really heavily invested, or at least trying to make me heavily invested in God's word, whatever, blase, blase. So, I knew about tithing. I knew about God. I knew about Jesus. She had me watching movies like The Miracle Worker, which is my, still my favorite, one of my favorite movies, Prince of Egypt. Joseph, um, coat of many colors. The I have I got my first little picture Bible, and then I actually got a real Bible. Which funny story there? The Bible I have now looks older than the Bible then, and that Bible I had in 1999, and that Bible looks newer. That's sad, but it does display growth and where I was spiritually then, and where I am spiritually now. Two completely different people. However, so my granny gave me this scripture, Romans 10 and 9. It is the first scripture I ever memorized. And it's been in there ever since. So that's a blessing for her to plant that seed. Romans 10 and 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Loved it. Wonderful, accepted Jesus as my personal savior. Now I will say this: I'm I'm a little jealous of the people who are able to pinpoint the day that they were saved. People will give you the day, the time, the month, and the year of the day they were saved, and I do not know. I don't know the beginning, the for you know the initial. I don't know the second time around. I don't I don't know. I don't know why. I guess because I didn't think that that was something you just had to remember or just mark. I don't know. Moving on. So my granny would always ask me, you know, are you reading your Bible? Are you reading your Bible? Make sure you're reading your Bible, Destiny. Destiny, you you got to get in your Bible. Are you are you seeking the Holy Spirit? Make sure you're speaking, seeking the Holy Spirit. Are you going in your room and um, saying thank you, Jesus, 10 times over and over, a thousand times extra? I don't, I don't, I didn't understand that part of what seeking the Holy Spirit meant. She just would say, go in your room and say, thank you, Jesus, over and over and over and over and over again. And I did at times and I was really confused um, and a little frustrated because I was like, he don't want to come see me, obviously, because I didn't said his name so many times or I didn't, I said, thank you, Jesus, so many times and ain't nobody showed up. <laughs> Who am I waiting for? Is he going to be in here in person? Is he going to come to me in a dream later after I finish doing this? It was just, you know, it was just not clear on how I was supposed to seek the Holy Spirit. Anywho, so I remember being in high school and I remember thinking I didn't want to give, I didn't want to be a fully devout Christian because I wanted to have fun. Ooh, so sad, which is a common misconception of Christianity. And at the time I didn't know it was a common thing. I didn't know. I thought it was just me, whatever. Eyes are wide open now, okay? I didn't want to be devout because I did not want to miss out on the fun that I had. I was a kid. I wanted to explore. I wanted to experience. I wanted it. So a lot of people 
in my high school were having sex, slinging the sling, right? I wasn't, refused to. Only because the people were messy and I was like, you're not about to have my TTs posted all up in these in these walls and bathrooms. And I say that because somebody's TT was posted up in a bathroom, okay? And you wasn't, you're not gonna have me like that. Are you crazy? No. So I told myself when I get, um, I probably won't wait until marriage, but I will wait until somebody loves me. <laughs> oh, so the interesting statement, the interesting thing about that statement is um, in order for it to be real, I probably should have looked up and did a little research on what it meant for somebody to love me because I did not know. So here it is. I get to college and I pretty much lose my mom mind because my mom was very strict and um, protective and everything else. So I did not know a lot. Like I didn't know what game was. No one ever told me that. No one ever told me that. But my mom was like, always just keep your pants up. That's what she would tell me, which is great advice. But now that I've been in the game, you can still do it with your pants down or up. Okay. Just saying the clothes don't necessarily have to come off. And that's just not good advice. It just was not good advice. Anywho, not that it was her phone. <laughs> it's just not good advice. So I get talked into what I think is love. And I give this man my body. And it was for absolutely no reason. It, it's kind of painful to think about that. I really thought something was what it was and it wasn't. It's almost like I was a laughing stock for a second. Anywho, let's move on. That's depressing to think about. So I start dating another dude. This is my first boyfriend. Serious boyfriend. I guess I had a few boyfriends in, in high school, but that's we'll get to that's that's a, that's for another episode. Okay, that's for another episode. <laughs> so I had this boyfriend. And cute and all what he will, well, he had a great personality. Okay. So they, this dude ends up breaking up with me for his ex-girlfriend. It's so, it's such a funny story because I was, I was talking to him and my best friend was talking to his roommate and his roommate actually broke up with her for his ex. And then she told me, you might want to make sure that ain't the reason why he talking to Chickadee all the time. And I was like, <laughs> no, but let me ask, girl, let me ask. So I asked and I don't get no answer. And I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And then he said, I'll, I'll text you. I'll text you. Okay. What you going to text me? It better be like, I love you always. You ain't, I ain't going nowhere, babe. So dude texted me in my class and was like, it's ex-girlfriend, parentheses, um, Sorry, I think I just need some time to myself. So in case you missed it, homie broke up with me for his ex-girlfriend via text message. Via text message. How rude. How disrespectful. Anywho, a couple of days go on. He's talking to a completely different girl. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what was what was the reason? <laughs> And I think the the issue was like she wasn't interested in him or something like that. So he just went on to the next best thing again. Whatever. Um, I'm still heavily invested in so-called in love with this guy. So I stick around, yada, 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 yada. Okay, cool. So <laughs> I get to this point 
where, um, actually, let's back up. I go out with my best friend and, and a friend we meet who actually did end up going to high school with us. And we go out to a party. And apparently the guy that she meet, the, we meet this guy, which so happens to be dude's roommate. This is before they, they got together. And she's like, I like him, but to herself within 20 seconds of meeting him. And I'm supposed to know that he ends up being interested in me, but she's upset with that. And, Apparently it's my fault. Anywho, I get into a fight with the friend because she took my friend out off campus to go drinking with 23 year olds. And I just thought that was completely asinine and unsafe. Like, why would you do that? And I laid hands. And because I laid hands on campus, somebody reported it. We have to lie because my friend here is drunk on campus. So to protect her, we lied and said, oh, we were just fighting over a boy. And that was the case, but I got a ticket. So I had to take a class to get that off my, and anywho, that's what happened. Okay. And then eventually I talked him into dating her. And at the time I thought it was harmless and okay. And I'll get deeper. That's a conversation for a completely different episode, but um, they end up dating because of me. And then I end up dating the roommate and then we both get, end up getting dumped for their ex-girlfriends. So whatever, which <laughs> funny story he didn't dump her for his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Let's move on. So here it is, heartbroken, tapper, because he didn't moved on to to two different girls since he broke up with me, and I'm just distraught. So I'm still playing with him, still doing what I ain't supposed to be doing with him. And one day I kind of, I find out that he's been doing stuff with, the girl. I'm like, you've been doing stuff with the girl this whole time and you're doing, doing stuff with me. Like you could have just cut me off and did stuff with the girl. Like, why would you, why would you involve me in this cesspool of things? You know, disgusting. So I'm crying. I'm in, I'm distraught. I, at this time I, I punch objects. So I'm punching a tree. My, my hands are jacked up. Okay. This is growth. Cause I don't do this anymore. I'm punching a tree. I'm upset. I call my homeboy, um, tell him what's going on. And we're walking around campus. It's like three, 2 a.m., then 3 a.m., then 4 a.m., and then we're in front of, like, the student student something center, and this girl is jogging early in the morning. She's going on her jog, and she comes up to me. She's like, hey, guys, um, the Lord is telling me that I need to pray for you. She's talking to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, I'm with that. Yes. Amen. You know, I'm with it. So she's like, well, what can I pray for you about? And I said, surface level stuff. I said, oh, well, can you pray for me to have good grades and for school and, you know, good health and stuff like that? And she's like, okay, cool. Praise. We have this prayer, me, my friend, her, and I think there was another person there. Praise. She leaves, says, have a good day, whatever, blah, 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 runs away. I go back to venting, crying, how could he do this to me? Blah, 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 blah. She runs back and she's like, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know what it is, but he told me to come back. And I'm like, okay, okay. Now pause. I wish I would have been spiritually enlightened at this time. <laughs> okay, I wish I would have been spiritually woke because this, this don't make no sense. 
this is annoying. Every time I tell this story, I'm like, girl, what the heck was you thinking? Like, why are you so absent-minded? Anyway, play. So I'm like, okay, well, she's like, is there anything else I can pray for you about? I'm like, okay, well, um, you can pray for my family, my friends, um, health of everybody. Like this, I mean, these are some important things. Cool. She prays, we pray, she leaves. We have done it. We have prayed the pray, okay? I go back with my heavy heart and I'm venting to my homie, distraught, crying, shaking, bleeding from the knuckles. She, I kid you not, comes back a third time. Girl, what do you want at this point? She says, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know what it is, but he's, I need to, I have to pray for you. Some things he won't let me leave. I have to pray. So now at this point, I've been, I just, I lay it out there on the table. I tell her everything that's going on. Everything. I become very vulnerable with her. And at the end of my rant, she, t- woo, she tells me that, Girl, you better not do this on this here um, podcast. We thugs, okay? She tells me that God said that he wants your body. And then she goes into soul ties and the and what they are exactly and stuff. And so I gave her the scenario and the situation of what was going on. And she broke it down to me like this, like, okay, so you're in a relationship and you have made a covenant with this man. Y'all's body has become one. And he goes and he branches off and he goes and becomes one with somebody else. And whatever she may have on her spirit and in her heart and in her mind, he's going to pick up with him. So example, if she's depressed, if she's insecure, (laughs) if she's got anger issues. If she got anything going on and he just laid down and became one with her, he's just picked up all of what she had to offer, which doesn't sound good. And then he comes and he becomes one with me. So now I have picked up the insecurities and X, Y, Z and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't get it at the time. I I understood what she was saying, but I didn't, it, it, it's not as clear as it was then as it is now. So she's telling me this and I'm like, whoa, my eyes are open. The veil is torn. Okay. And we pray. Oh, she prays for me. Prays for me. And prays for me. And I'm like, this is, this is amazing. And I'm, I'm honestly ashamed you all because I wish I would have been where I am now because that has never happened again. And it, it kind of breaks my heart because I thought that was the best love letter that God sent me and I rejected it. I rejected it. So I heard everything she said. I took it to heart for maybe a week. Then I went back to do what I wanted to do. I'll be completely honest with you. I went back and did what I wanted to do because the idea of a relationship with somebody um to a degree of love that I had with that person was more important to me. So moving on, I'm getting to the last days of 
SFA and, you know, get into another fight with the girl, which is the the final straw for my mom. Um, Cause I'm telling her like, yo, my friend's leaving me out of stuff. They're not inviting me to anything. They're being weird, like being a little sneaky. Like, I don't get it, whatever, blah, blah, Get in the fight with this girl. We get on the phone cause she scratched my face up real good. So I'm like, God, tell my mom I got into a fight. So my, my mom's like, I told you to leave the situation alone. Leave the situation alone. So get on the phone. She calls them. We're all on three-way now. And this is where, <laughs> this is this is the pinnacle. This is the final for me. <laughs> well, I guess it wasn't the final, but this is a heavy portion of it. So they pretty much drag my name. Destiny's been leaving us for guys. She does this, she does, which is mostly just leaving for guys. That's what they kept saying. And, you know, she made fun of me for this situation, which was false. So here it is. I have to apologize to somebody I'm not really sorry for because they took something out of context. And so that is how my apology went. I said, I'm sorry that you took offense. And my mom stopped me and made me redo it several times because I was not apologizing correctly. But as far as I'm concerned, I was apologizing genuinely because I felt no need to say sorry for something I did not do. So hit her. Yes. I definitely put my hands on her several different times and I will not apologize for that. Even till this day, um, I will ask for forgiveness, but I was not sorry. I felt that was justified. Felt that was justified. Now that's probably wrong, but that was then. So my mom's like, all right, cool. Are y'all, do y'all still want to be friends? She, hesitates my best friend hesitates and i'm like wow it'd be your old people she over here silent she don't know she would be best friends with me <laughs> let me help her i don't want to be friends mom are you sure because y'all been friends for a long time and blah blah and she she starts talking rationally to us she's like look this is the second time y'all had an issue who's been the common denominator in this issue we say my best friend's name and they we're like okay so the issue is the issue it is not between you and this other person. It is the, so there's something being said, you know, and discussed from this person that isn't being relied to each other, whatever the case may be. So get off the phone and my mom shreds me. She's like, but no, actually she shreds me on the phone. We don't get off the phone. She shreds me in front of my enemies, y'all. She shreds me. My enemies literally took me to the fire because they both knew my mama was crazy. And if only, for sure, my best friend knew she was crazy. And you going to just try to ring me out in front of my mama? That is so disrespectful. That is disgusting. Okay? Real rude. Drags me on the phone. You out here 304 now? Da-da-da-da-da. Just horrible. And I just felt like they were laughing at me. I felt like they took my name and, you know, embellished it with all the wrongs that they felt like I did. And my mom ate it up. I had no one on my side that day. So as far as I'm concerned, I lost my best friend. I lost the trust for my mom and that relationship was tainted. And then later, um, after I leave SFA, I find out that the dude that I like is dating the other girl forevermore. Like they're back together, whatever the case may be. I'm like, wow, <laughs> wow. So let's analyze something. How many relationships have just been destroyed? in this, let's say, a year and a half time frame. My best friend, my mom, my significant other, but they, 
the two that were destroyed before we even get to, got to this point was the relationship with myself and the relationship with God. God literally sent somebody to wake me up and I rejected him. I rejected him. For an idea, for a feeling, for an expiration date. That's what I did. So, you know what my response was. Pluck it. <laughs> Pluck it like a feather. Because this is ridiculous. I was upset with Jesus. I was done with him. I put him on block. And my rationale to it was, I don't ever treat anybody disrespectfully. Just out of pure amusement. I, I am very respectful. I've never just hurt anybody. And these people hurt me. And I've, I've never treated them like this ever. How could you, how could you let them do that to me? Is what I was, you know, yelling and screaming and thinking in my head. And I was just like, I'm done. There's no way you would have let this happen. I am not a bad person. I did not deserve this. That's what I was thinking. And so I'm no longer going to SFA. I'm going to Lone Star. I'm going to, you know, community college and all this other stuff. And we started going to a new church. I didn't want to go to the church. It was a predominantly white church. Didn't want to go. Every time we went, I was disgusted. I was like, why are we here? Not listening, rolling my eyes, wanted to go to sleep, didn't care. And then one day, one service, it hit me. The pastor's sons, actually, PKs, were talking about firsthand faith. And they were explaining their story, how they have fallen off from the faith. And here it is. They they grew up in the church because the church was their life. Like their, their parents were pastors. Their grandparents were pastors. They were constantly surrounded by ministry, yet they were done. And the whole premise was because when they when people would ask them, why do you believe in Jesus? Because I grew up in the church. And when people would ask me that, that was my answer. Like, oh, I grew up in the church. My family, this is who we believe in. I did not have a personal connection at all with Jesus. I could not tell somebody past my family worships him. That's why I couldn't tell. I didn't have a connection with him personally. So this woke me up because one, I needed to find it. And two, it was okay that I so-called fell off from the faith because I fell off from an idea that was secondhand. I didn't have a first ex a, a connection, an experience with God for me to have a reason to worship him. I could not witness to people with no purpose. That's essentially what it was. I'm grateful, you know, that happened, what happened happened because now I have a story to tell. Now it hits personally. Now I'm able to connect maybe with someone else who is possibly going through the same thing, which is why, you know, I wanted to do this podcast. I woke up. Now, I didn't immediately dive in and, you know, break down and, you know, whatever. I was curious. My thirst was heightened. My desire for him was heightened. I was like, okay, cool. I really liked what this had to say, 
and my mom bought me the book and we were going to do the little group thing and I never did it, but I was so invested and ready to go to church every Sunday. I was in that thing. I was listening attentively. I was taking notes. I had never been this invested and this spiritually fed from a church before ever. And I grew up in the church. They broke so much down to me in layman's terms, kept it real. Predominantly white church, but I would I would tell anybody to go there. Fellowship of the Woodlands, best freaking church. Broke it down to me, okay? I was heavily invested. I was going to church excited. I, I remember it. I remember being excited. What is God going to say today through his words? Because... The way my pastor preaches, he talks about relationships, which was perfect because I value relationships so much. I value relationships so much, which is why I think that that fall from my friends and my mom and, you know, significant other was so powerful and hurtful to me because I wanted to keep those long term friendships. I had been friends with this girl for eight years since we were 14 years old. Um, or no, I'm sorry, 12 years old. So I didn't want to let that go, which is very toxic of me. I, you know, you can't keep holding on to stuff just because they've been around a long time. That's not fair to me. So that's the, initially the first relationship I broke me. I was staying friends with people who did not deserve any part of me in high school. They showed me who they were and I ignored it. No, they okay. No, they okay. Or I'm trying to rationalize or trying to preserve one relationship. Like, oh, I can't, I can't tell my mom that we're not friends anymore because she's dating my ex-boyfriend. Cause then that's gonna taint me and my mom's relationship. And da, da, da. So now I'm just gonna suffer. I'm just gonna be quiet. I'm just not gonna say nothing. I didn't have no self-respect for myself, all because I'm trying to hang on to a friendship. <laughs> that's one-sided. <laughs> wow. Amazing. So here it is. My pastor is talking about relationship over religion, which for a while and for a long time and for all of the foundation of my beginning Christian exposure was religion rules, which is why I said I didn't want to be a devout Christian yet because I wanted to have fun. I didn't want to follow all these rules yet because I wanted to have fun. He looked at it as a relationship. Because you can follow the rules on something all day and your heart just not be in it. How many y'all are how many of y'all are in a relationship where they're doing like the right thing at the right time and everything? But you don't love that person. You just like what they have to offer and what to provide and everything else. It's purposeless. It's like a computer. Computer gonna do what you want it to do because you you the one who told it to do it. Computer don't love you. It has no loyalty to you, but it's going to do its job because that's what it's programmed to do. Eek. This was the perfect transition for me. So when he was breaking down how to get closer and closer to God, I was like, "Ooh, okay, what do I have to do? Now I'm eat. Now I'm interested. Now I'm interested. Because he's not talking about following rules. He's he's talking about lifestyle now. What do you do? You, you stay in your word. I think one of the challenges we did was 
um, Proverbs, a Proverbs a day. I fell in love with that one. There is so much powerful stuff in Proverbs. Oh my goodness. If if Proverbs had a, a Twitter account, baby. <laughs> Proverbs out here spitting out wisdom left and right. Okay, it's crazy. So I fell for that. I fell for so much of that. So this is what I did. And I'm sorry, y'all, this is going to go over 30 minutes because I got a lot to say. And I think y'all really need to hear this. <laughs> and y'all going to bear with me. Okay, doggone. So one day the pastor was like, what you have to do is put God first in everything you do. And I'm like, okay. But get this, not only did he say something that we needed to do, he provided a guideline on how we can do it, which I felt like, you know, in my older church, they would say things like (laughs) seek the Holy Spirit, but not tell you how to seek the Holy Spirit. I don't know what that means as a a five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old. I don't know what that means. But you're just out here preaching to us as if we're just supposed to know. Hey, don't have sex. Okay, well, what are some things that I can do to make sure that doesn't happen? Like, put some steps in line. Like, it's cool to have goals. It's wonderful to have goals. But if you don't have a system to achieve those goals, the goals is just a wish at this point. There's just a wish that's just not going to come true because you didn't put no action behind it. They telling us to do stuff, but they didn't give us a, a, a route on how to get it done. At least not one that I could understand at that age or time, whatever the case may be. So put God first in everything you do. So I knew I connected it. I made the personal connection. I knew relationships was something that I wanted and what is it? Valued. So I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. He said, put God first. So I stopped waking up to my phone and text messages from other people and getting on social media. I stopped that. I stopped getting on my iPad first. I rolled over and I I downloaded the Bible app, had my Bible. I was like, I'm going to read the verse of the day every day did that for a while, you know, as, as I'm growing with this church deeper and deeper in my, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, what else can I do? What else can I do? Put, put God first in everything. Okay. What else, what else can I put him first in? So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to sleep to him too. Right. So I'm gonna wake up to the word of God and I'm gonna go to sleep with the word of God. And I kept doing that. And I did see changes. Not changes of like, you know, ooh, I got 50, $50 on the floor every day. Like, Ooh, No, (laughs) I saw changes in my heart. Again, like I told you, I was excited. I have never been so excited to go to church and listen to God's word. And, and then I was out here taking notes, girl, (laughs) this ain't me. This ain't never been me. Was I forced to take notes? Probably, you know, we didn't really have a note system in that church. You just take your own notes. I didn't even... One even in it, one even invested in such a thing until this church. So little by little, I started to spend time with God. Now, this, (laughs) 
This was me seeking the Holy Spirit or God relationship. This was, this is apparently how you were supposed to do it. Not necessarily going into your room in your closet and saying, thank you, Jesus, 10,000 times until you feel hot. And then Jesus pops up. Like these are things that I was told anyways. So eventually, and I, I, he doesn't do this a lot now, but we do, we do some challenges, but there were another time where we do like, um, pick a chapter and we'll do a chapter or chapter a day, pick a book and do a chapter a day of that book. And then I got to a point where I just wanted to do it. So I did Matthew or I did Ephesians or whatever the case may be. I was invested. And at first it was just church. It was just church. And then I did go to nursing school and pretty much lose my mind. As far as school, I lost my mind in school. I wasn't doing nothing crazy, but I also wasn't doing nothing good either. I went to this point where I was four years celibate because I wanted to give my body to God. Um, like I should have did. <laughs> The years following, like when that lady prayed for me, but I didn't do it. So I was like, I'm gonna do it now. And yes, I gave up the sex, but I didn't fix my mindset. I didn't fix the other things. I didn't, I didn't, I just, one thing was fixed. Okay. And I'm saying this because I want you to see the difference between then and now. Um, went without sex for four years. Um, well, almost four years still dabbled, still, you know, watched and did things I shouldn't have been doing just to rationalize, rationalize with myself that, oh, I'm not doing the real thing. God's good. And I didn't really fully have an understanding of why that particular act was a sin. I didn't. I was like, there's no way. Like, this is a natural thing. Y'all tripping. What are you talking about? <laughs> Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. That That is no way that this could be a sin. There's no way that this is going against God. Absolutely crazy. So I'm going through this phase and I'm thinking I'm great. Okay. I'm four years in, doggone near. I've been reading the Bible every single day, morning and night, you know, on Sundays. I'm into it. Then I go to school, lose, you know, lose my way. Um, not necessarily a story to tell that's really needed to be said at the moment, but maybe story for next time. Um, I'm no longer on my four-year route. We'll say that. And then I'm heavily into school at this point because I'm just caught up into the idea that if I don't become a nurse, I don't, I won't have means to survive. I won't be able to live on my own. I won't be able to take care of myself if I don't have this nursing career. And so I almost traded places of importance. I put school first before me and the Lord at some point. Yes, I was still reading my word and stuff, but I was just content that if I didn't have this degree, I was not going to make it. I put my faith in a degree that I didn't even have yet. I was giving everything. I wasn't sleeping. I was studying. I was getting good grades too. I was like, yeah, I'm about to be a nurse. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to do this, but I had the wrong hard posture for that career. I did. Again, I said this before, it was the, the biggest heartbreak, but I think <laughs> I'm starting to see a pattern here. God is going to make sure he breaks down anything that comes before him. Mm. 
<laughs> God is going to break down anything he sees that's coming before him and, and, and thank God and thank God. And I know some people right now, they don't see the goodness in that. And I don't blame you because I didn't, I didn't, I was hurt. I was, I, I don't know what hurt worse. Like the fact that a dude broke up with me through a text message or the fact that I failed nursing school and I'm sorry, but I think failing nursing school hurt the most. I actually had a reflection of my hard work paying off. And then I had a reflection that it didn't matter too. So no, that hurt. That hurt real bad. But I, I was also put making sure that that was, <laughs> that was the head because that was how I was going to eat. That's how I was going to sustain the life I wanted to try. Now, could it have been that, you know, it's kind of shoved down my throat. I need to hurry up and get a degree so I can have a good job. Yes, because that's what everyone kept telling all of my generation. You need to go to school so you can get a good job and take care of yourself. And so without that degree, I felt like I couldn't take care of myself. So I put all of my little heart, soul, and energy into it. And then I fell off. And I was invested into a relationship that, again, didn't love me. I was cuffed to something that didn't love me back. <laughs> That's just a hot mess. I was just, I lost it. Now, I was still, I still believed in God. I wasn't upset with him or anything. I didn't put him on block. I just, you know, it was a seldom visit. It, it wasn't, let me put it like this. I needed to grow deeper into the relationship that I had with God. And I was still where I was four years ago. And that's not good. Lynn, a lot of people do have that testimony where they're like, oh yeah, um, you know, 20 years ago I found Jesus, but they still doing the same thing. There's no change. There's, there is no progression in their relationship or their life because they're doing the same thing when they should have been to the next step. And the next level of getting to know God a little bit more. So whatever. I fell, leave, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And now I'm working at H-E-B. I'm working at the, the HIB. Okay. Didn't like that. I liked it at the beginning and then I didn't. Okay. Got fired from that. You know, cool. God was trying to move on that one because I did not want to be there. Did not want to be there. Now I'm growing deeper into God's word. I'm watching Bible studies on my own. Like I, it got to a point where I was watching church. Then I would go on YouTube and watch Mike Todd's church. And then I would go to this app called right now media because now I'm in a life group <laughs> that meets every Wednesday and I'm talking about God then. And then I go to life uh, right now media just for fun. It's like YouTube for Christians. And I'm just scrolling through there, watching stuff. I'm listening to, to books about God. Like there is one book by J.D. Greer called God, Not God Enough. Very good book. Okay. I'm listening to Mark Batterson, you know, Win the Day or Circle Maker. I'm, I am seeking him through different forms of media. 
I'm reading the Bible. I'm watching evangelists online. I am looking at Bible studies. I'm reading the word for myself. I'm just heavily invested. And it got to a point where I was even reading Matthew, Luke, John over and over because I just wanted to hear from Jesus. I wanted to experience Jesus. So I would read just to walk and see his story again over and over from different perspectives. That's what I was doing. But also while I was doing all of this, I was inviting people over doing the thing, and then having them leave. Ooh. (laughs) And then I got frustrated. I got extremely frustrated with myself and with humans and just how I was. And I said, no more. Let me put that in perspective and be as, as blunt as I can be. I was ready to leave this earth because I was tired of dealing with men who wanted me, but didn't want to be in a relationship with me. And this is my fault. I didn't understand boundaries, which is why this is, these are reasons why I spoke so heavily on boundaries because now that I know what they are, oh, I don't ever want to let them go. (laughs) No, they're important. I did not have them. I lost my mind. Okay. I was with people who I thought liked me back and they said they liked me back. But for some reason, a relationship or a title just repulsed them. And I, I did not understand that. And for a long time, I'm I'm, I'm in agreement with the dude. I'm like, what is the point of marriage if we're going to, you know, do this and that? Anyways, like, what? why do people get married if they end up doing this or that? Because that's the world way. That was the world's way. But if I did it God's way, it was going to be more beneficial. So instead of me asking, what is the point of getting married? What I should have been asking is, what is the point of me pretending to be married to you and doing marriage-like things if we're not going to be married? Let me make it blunt. What is the point of having sex with you if we're not married? Because if we're going to have sex and you don't even think of me as marriage, what was the point? So there's, I, I can't control people. I can't control what they choose when you know I give them a portion of my body or I let them step over a boundary. I understand that. I can only do I can only control what I do. So what do I do? You're just not touching me. Point blank period at the end of the day. So I got frustrated with myself. I was pissed off and I wrote this letter and I said, I just, I'm tired of being here. I was sick of me. I'm tired. So I'm I'm so glad I, you know, talked, had called a friend and we talked me down. Um, And then I, I I, right then and there, I was like, all right, (laughs) we're going to get into this. This, we're done with this again. And then I go back into my celibate streak. And I do mess up a couple, like a couple of months later, I mess up. But like I said in episode, um, this is the episode about being unworthy. I let, I didn't let that defeat and that slip up define who I was at that moment. I, I knew I had to keep going and be happy. So I did mess up. And then I haven't looked back since. And it seems like every day I get better. I got into a relationship with God. The way I had been in a relationship with these people. I I tried to be obsessed, I guess, with knowing who he was. Like, if the scripture can tell me what he smelt like, if I can go back, I wanted that. I, I wanted to know who this man was. And what I realized is this whole time I'm getting closer and closer to God. I'm over here 
without thinking, following his law, obeying his command, feeding his sheep. I'm quote unquote, following the rules, but with a different heart posture. I'm now desiring to do this. I'm seeking to do this because my, my view is the closer you get to God, the more your desires line up with his. Like, I think everybody has what they want, you know, in place and what they want to do. But I think when you get closer to God, it starts to conform and shift to his desires and what he has for you. And I think that's healthy and I think it's good because it has been for me. It has not been comfortable. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's been, you know, rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and ponies. I'm not saying any of that. But I am seeing how his way is the best way in the long run for my heart, for my mind, for my soul, for my flesh. Flesh hates it. Not a fan. Okay, not a fan. I express to you all with 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 great transparency how much I do not <laughs> want to do things because I don't. I don't. My flesh does not. But I'm focusing on the goal. And the goal is to get into a deeper relationship with God. The goal is to show you all that, yo, this does not have to be a, a death sentence or a, a fun sucking lifestyle. I have fun all the time. I'm jo- I'm joyful every day. I still do my thing. Okay. Do I, I, I watch what I listen to now because I'm guarding my heart. I don't watch everything now because I'm guarding my heart. The stuff sticks in your spirit. Think of it like this. I tell, I'm, I tell everybody this, when you were thinking about relationship with God, you just think about it in the way that you would be in a relationship with somebody else. The more that you spend time with that person, the more you're going to start being invested in what they're invested in. The more you're going to start wanting to make sure they feel better or have a good day or just be right to them. Like if I'm in a relationship and I'm telling this man telling me he loved me all the time, but he going out cheating and I, I know I love him and he coming back. I mean, eventually I'm going to every day that happens and every day I accept him back, I'm destroying myself. You can't, you can't do that. That's just trifling. Okay. It ain't right. That's not the situation with Jesus because he, he's constantly pursuing us and thank God for that. Cause if he would have gave up, if he would have gave up on me, Lord, I'd be so upset. I'd be so upset, but thank God for his persistence and his gentleness and, and wanting to pursue me. And yes, I still struggle every day, but I also get a little bit closer every day too. I'm thankful. Yes, God loves us, but he, he, he don't like that. We keep going to sin that same sin and then coming back to him. He gracious and he love us, but boo, look, (laughs) he gonna make whatever, whatever is in his place. He's going to destroy. And I have seen that personally. I've lost my, my relationship with my mom is extremely better now. And it could be because I moved out and I'm more, you know, receptive to what she has to say and stuff like that. And I did pray for our relationship and I honestly didn't 
think it was worth it. I prayed the prayer and I thought that this was probably the dumbest thing I could be praying for. Please God, you know, fix the relationship I have with my mom. Has he? Absolutely. Didn't think I promised the, I prom, and this is why I didn't think this is a very horrible mindset, but I thought there's a point where I pretty much put the fear of my mom above the fear of God. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, Jesus, she ain't moving for nobody. She not moving for me. I know she ain't gonna move for you. Like, that's rude. That's rude. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing, nothing. God is not threatened by these little things on earth. God's not threatened by the devil. He ain't threatened by that. He ain't already kicked homie out. He ain't already did the deed. He already got plans for homie. He's just trying to get as many people as he can to go down with him. He already know he defeated. It's nothing. And so for me, I turned it into a relationship with him because it's what I valued. And I have seen the benefits of it. I've experienced the peace. I've experienced um, that reverence, that certain love for him, that healthy fear for him. I would hate to choose otherwise because I've seen what he has done. <laughs> What he has done when I have put something else first and in his place. God loves us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to keep us that way. My route was a hot mess. And I'm a little ashamed that I have to keep falling in order to get here. But I'm here. I am here and I'm, I'm here to, to hopefully be a witness to you all and show y'all that one, this, if, if you don't come on this side, thinking it's going to be easy, don't come on this side, thinking it's going to be fun at first, because it's not fun at first. You got to first get your bearings, get knocked down a little bit, be a little bit uncomfortable. You have to shed your flesh. You have to shed your skin. You have to give up that control which I was talking to somebody the other day. He just did not understand and have the strength to do that, to give up control to somebody else. And I have because once I realized, you know what? The, he's literally telling me, give me my, give him my burdens. Well, baby, I'm not going to have you asked more than once then because this stuff is annoying I don't want to be worried about this I don't want to be mad at this I don't want to be mad at that person for this I'm tired I don't want this heaviness on me anymore I don't want to have to feel like a victim anymore I put that all in his hands because ain't no way I am we are just not meant to hold on to all of that that is why he lends out his great big hand it's like you know I got you boo but we have to be willing to let that go I was willing because I was tired. And I guess you have to get to that point where you are just tired of being tired because I was. I was. I was done. I, I, I didn't want anything that wasn't like Jesus controlling me. Anxiety, not controlling me. Worrying, not controlling me. Unforgiveness, not controlling me. Pain, not, for, not controlling me. You're done. There's a time and a season, but when that time and season has gone, that expiration expiration date has rolled up. You got to roll out. We're, I'm not. I'm not wearing you. I'm not identifying with you. I'm not being the victim forever. It is a season for it. It is a time for it. 
Time's up. <laughs> Got to go. Roll up out of here. Okay? Now, I did have some people ask me some questions. I got a little, little question session. You know, we're going to get through them real quick. Um, somebody said, are you really walking with God? I almost feel like I'm stubbing my toe every step of the way. I'm not going to lie to you. So maybe I'm, I'm skipping, okay? Skipping and tripping, tripping and skipping. That's what I'm doing. Am I really walking with God? No, I wish I could stand up. I guess some days I do have times where I'm standing up and, and then I, I start sitting down and crawling at that point. Cause I'm like, let me make sure, <laughs> let me make sure I'm at, you know, ground level. So whatever come hit me, I don't fall too hard to the ground. You know, that's kind of what I do at times. I'm like, all right. And that's when I just go into that mode of gratitude. I'm like, you know, it's been real quiet. Let me just praise and thank God for what I have. And it makes my heart feel good. I don't know what it's supposed to do on the outside just yet. I just be like, you know what? Let me thank him. It's getting getting a little quiet around here. Let me just thank him for what I have because I don't know what's going on. What's coming next? You know, this says calm before the storm. I'm just trying to make sure that storm is just not a Katrina. That's it. That's all. The next question is, has it brought you enlightenment? Has it brought you joy? Yes, absolutely. It has. It has. Even when it is time for me to be irritated and upset, I have noticed that those emotions and feelings don't last. When I give it to him, I, I literally, I, when I'm telling you, there's a time and a season. Acknowledge your feelings. Figure out why you're feeling the feeling. Feel the feel. And then feel got to go. Okay? He got to move. Give it to God. And un understand that just because you were giving it over to him doesn't mean that whatever that person did was okay. Doesn't mean that that situation was okay. Doesn't mean any of that. It just means you're giving it over to the person that can handle it. Because I can't. That's the control I give up. I know I can't handle it. I want to handle it the way I want to, but I'm like, well, shoot, if you're telling me to give it to you and nothing is too hard for you and you got me, I'm curious to see what that looked like. So let me put it in your hands because me doing it is going to cause me too much stress because how am I going to do it without getting caught? We're not going to talk. Never mind. I see I'm about to give myself up. I'm not crazy. I'm just there. There were times where it called for violence to that degree or third degree. Anywho. When did you first experience God's grace? Hmm. I guess I don't really know the answer to that question. When I first experienced God's grace. Because again, I don't know when I first really just got saved. But like it's been a um, complicated relationship. But I'm on board now. Um, I will say when I lost my job at HEB and was out of work for two months and wasn't sure how I was going to pay the bills for December because before I thought I had enough to go to December, but I in fact did not. So when I got my new job, I kid you not, it was literally right on time. Two weeks pay hit my account and I was able to pay the bills. I was also nervous that they were going to go up on my rent and I was like, well, shoot, now I got fatter bills. I don't know what I'm going to do. They didn't go up on the rent or anything. And I ended up having two jobs for a while. So I feel like that's probably the most impactful time God was graceful for me and just showed up and showed out. Next question. What has been your biggest struggle? Hmm. Biggest struggle. Giving 
people loving my loving my neighbor that is my biggest struggle i want to pop everyone in the throat a lot of these people's um customer service here i want throat punch worthy like i said in the last episode throat punch worthy i want to hit everybody at times um i don't want to deal with people when people do me wrong i just want to walk away i don't i don't even want to have a conversation i don't even want to have i don't want to have a conversation but i don't want to have ill intentions towards you i don't want to be upset with you i just want to leave you where you're at and sometimes that's not even the best thing you need to have that conversation sometimes conversations do need to be had for clarity purposes for you know maybe some type of freedom of spirit i'm not sure but that's my biggest struggle and, but it's okay. It's gonna. It's getting better. It, oh, it's getting way better because now I don't care too much. And it's almost not good because I feel like I'm still on that point where I don't even care to talk to you. But now I'm ready to have the hard conversations with you. Like I tried to call my, well, I guess she's trying to be my ex-friend now. She didn't answer. And I'm like, all right, cool. But I'm ready to have the conversation. So um, what is it? How did you meet? We just talked about that. Um, what made you start your journey? Um, my broken heart (laughs) and seeing that, you know, pretty much I can give it to him and how to really have a relationship with him is what really made me start the journey because I had guidance. I wasn't just told pick Jesus, you know, I was told what that looks like. Um, what's another one? What actually sent you? Okay, that's the same question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't, I think so. There was this one part where I had this real, what I thought was like butterflies, like heavy butterflies in my stomach, nervous. And then the next day I literally received good news and it just seemed like good news was flowing from that. That feeling I had, I put me in a panic at some point. It wasn't a panic attack, but I was just scared because I couldn't understand it. And I think that was it, but I felt warm and hot inside. And then it happened again. So maybe that is the Holy Spirit. I need to find some clarity on this situation. I'm so sorry about the horns in the back. Look, my bad. Okay. Studio apartment, cars are outside. Anywho, I think that's my experience with the Holy Spirit. I'm not entirely sure, but I will seek and pray and ask for clarity on it all right we didn't read and reached way past 30 minutes i appreciate y'all's time go on have a good day have a good week stay blessed